Okay, the message that I would like to share with you all is serving God during times of suffering and persecution. Amen. <clears throat> That's the title of my message. We are called to serve God not only when we are blessed and happy, but also more during the time of trials and sufferings. Amen. Many believers, they want to serve God. Many Christians, they want to serve God when things are going good. Amen. When everything, all the prayers are answered, that is when they want to serve the Lord. And they put a condition, Lord, if you give me this, or if you answer my prayer, only then I'm going to serve you. And, you know, and they don't want to serve God when they're suffering. When they're suffering, when trials and tribulations come in, they just want to give up on God. Amen. So God is calling us to serve Him even in times of suffering and persecution. Is because the suffers and struggles will bring more grace in our life. Amen. There's a reason why we suffer and we go through some sufferings. Because God is knocking at the heart of our door to do things what He wants us to do. Amen. So many believers, they worship and they want to serve God when everything is going good for them. But as soon as troubles creep in into their lives, they turn away from God. I mean, if you see the number of empty chairs in the church and the number of people on the conference that itself will show and tell us that they are not serving God. 50% are happy. So, you know, they are not coming to church. They don't want to glorify God because they're happy. Because I remember a lot of people were coming and a lot of healing were happening in our church. God healed them. But down the line, they just uh, stopped coming. Because God answered their prayer, they got healed, they got delivered, and they want to be happy with that. But there are more blessings that God has in store for our lives, and we don't reach and seek God for those blessings that He has for us. So 50% of them are happy, so they have forgotten to glorify God, and that's the reason they are not here on the conference and they are not in the church. And the remaining 50% are just disappointed in life. So, so they don't serve God. They say there is no point in serving God because He is not answering their prayers. You know, that's what is happening right now. 50% of the members in the church are happy, so they don't need God. And the remaining 50% are sad because God has not answered certain prayers, so they give up on God. They forget God because He's not answering their prayers, but they forget that it's our sin of disobedience to serve God that keeps God away from answering our prayers. Amen. We forget that we're not serving God and that's the reason God has turned His back on us. Because the Word of God very clearly says to serve Him, to be obedient to His Word, to carry His cross, to crucify your flesh, to crucify the desires of this world and the worldly pleasures. And many people, they still want to enjoy the holy pleasures. And they tell God that you're not answering our prayers. So we don't want to serve you. Amen. It says in Isaiah 59 and verse 2, it says, It's your sin that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, He has turned away and will not listen anymore. The reason why God is not answering some of our prayers is very clearly mentioned in Isaiah 59 too. It is your sin 
that has cut you off from God and because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Why God is not answering our prayers is because of our sin of disobedience to serve him. Amen. It's not only serving God when you're happy, it's serving God even when things are going against your will. Everybody has their will. I had my own will. I had my own desires. But I had to put my will, you know, and I had to put God's will above my will. And that is when God is answering my prayers and I'm seeing miracles after miracles each and every day. Why is this happening? Because I'm falling in the will of God. I mean, we have to serve God faithfully even when things are going bad. Amen. Your sins, your it's, it's our sin of disobedience to serving God that has stopped us from receiving the plans of God for our life. There's no fruit in our life. There's no joy in the spirit. Why? It's because we're not serving God and troubles creep in in our life and sufferings and persecution come in. We stop serving God and that's a dangerous place to be. That's what Pastor Nunes was preaching. Don't throw in your towel yet. Don't throw in your towel yet. Don't give up when things are getting hard. Amen. If you look at the parable that Jesus shared with his disciples, you'll find that in Matthew chapter 13 and verses from 20 to 21. It talks about, he's talking about the parable of the seed. I'm sure many of you know the parable of the seed. Amen. So let's go in there. Matthew chapter 13 verses 20 to 21. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as have problems or are persecuted for believing the word of God. Amen. So he's saying the seed that is fallen on the rocky soil they don't have deep roots why don't they have deep roots is because when problems come and persecution come they stop believing in god's word and because the roots are not deep down in god the plant never grows and the plant never produces fruits so is our life when persecution comes, we're happy we come to church when everything is going happy we are so excited in the things of God. We are serving the Lord. We are sharing the gospel with our, uh, with our family, with our friends. And we are telling everybody, look what the Lord has done. He's such a good God. He answered my prayers. Hallelujah. He saved me. He, he cleansed me from my sin. He brought salvation. Amen. And we are excited when things are going good. But as soon as troubles creep in, as soon as suffering starts coming in, as soon as sufferings, uh, persecution starts coming in because of our faith in God, what we do is we stop serving God and we start grumbling at God. And that is what happened with the children of Israel. They had to reach the promised land. God was taking care of their needs. But because they were grumbling at the problems they were in front facing, they couldn't reach the promised land. And God was looking at them that they would be faithfully walking with him. And that is the condition with many Christians. We, are in the, we have not reached our promised land. We are still on the way to the promised land. I mean, we have to remember all the good things God has done in the past. 
and keep moving forward because what the Lord has done in the past, He can do it again. Amen. So we have to keep focused on our promised land and keep moving forward and never stop serving God when troubles and problems and persecutions creep in our life. So unfortunately, the parable of the seed, the seed never produced fruits. It never grew to be a strong plant is because it never allowed the roots to go deep down. The roots never went down into the soil is because it was not getting enough manure. It was not getting enough water. What do you mean by water? Water is the Holy Spirit. When you feed yourself with the Holy Spirit each and every day, you're feeding the roots of your faith. And when your roots go deep down in God, your, store, your faith gets stronger and stronger. And when your faith gets stronger and stronger, you can face any battle in your life. You can easily face every battle in your life and there's, or you're always going to come out victoriously. Why? Because you're putting all your faith and trust in God. And God is going to fight our battles. That's what he says in Exodus 14, chapter, uh, verse 14. You know, it is me who's going to fight the battle. Be still, I will fight the battle. So we don't have to fight the battles of our life all by ourselves, church. Because God himself is saying, I am going to fight your battle. Your only job is to put all your faith and trust in God. And also to stop grumbling and to start serving him. Irrespective of what situation you are going through. Amen. That's what James said in James chapter 2. He's saying faith without action is dead. You have faith in God, but you're not putting your faith in action. It will never produce fruit in your life. I mean, many Christians, they have faith in God. They say God is good, God will do it. But they never put it in action. And that's the reason they never produce any fruit. And that's why James is saying that faith without action is dead. And look at Abraham. He had such a strong faith in God. When God promised him to have a child, he waited for 100 years. And he never gave up his faith in God. And also he was serving God faithfully. In all those years of waiting. He never grumbled at God. You'll never find any scripture in the Bible where Abraham is grumbling at God. And because of his faith, God blessed him with a promise. And if you see his faith, he put it into action. God called him to sacrifice his son on the altar. So he had faith in God and also he put his faith in action. Amen. Look at Noah. God called him to build an ark. God said, I'm going to destroy the whole world because of the sin. And Noah, you're, you're called to build an ark and I'm going to save your family. And Noah believed God's, God's promise. And not only that, he put it in action by constructing that big ship. Amen. That was a lot of work that Noah had to put through. And people were mocking at him. People were laughing at him that there's something wrong with Noah. What is wrong with him? Why is he building such a big ark? Amen. But they never understood the plan that God had for Noah. And that is what many of us, we go through with our family members, with our relatives. They laugh at us. They make jokes at us. They make fun at us when we are walking faithfully with God. But we need to remember that when we walk faithfully with God, God is going to not only bring salvation in our lives, but also He's going to bring salvation in our children, in our family, 
Amen. It all depends on our faithfulness in serving God even in times of persecution. Amen. So the plant, the seed never produced any fruit is because they never allowed the roots to go deep down in God. Amen. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 to 26 Jesus is saying, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen. That is what is called as obedience to God's word. Jesus is telling us very clearly to carry his cross, deny yourself, deny the pleasures of the world, deny your dreams of, for, the, for the world, deny your pride, deny yourself and follow me. We are called to carry the cross, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week we are called to carry the cross, church. Amen. When we carry the cross, God is going to bless our life. Amen. Look at Jesus. Jesus carried the cross. Jesus suffered persecution. He was not willing to go on the cross. Amen. But he said, Lord, let not my will, but let your will be done. And because he carried the cross, because he went underwent suffering for humanity, for our salvation, Christ went through the suffering. And because he went through the suffering on the cross, Today he's seated at the right hand of God, judging the nations and is going to rule us for eternity to eternity. What a blessing. Why did this happen? It's because Jesus was willing to go through suffering. Amen. So embrace suffering, church. Don't try to run away from suffering. As soon as suffering comes, many of us, we try to run away from the sufferings because, because we want an easy life. We want a good life. We want an easy life. We don't want to go through suffering for serving God. We want everything to go good while you're serving God. But when problems come in, we say that God has given up on us. You know, God is not listening to our prayers. God is being very cruel to us. And we start grumbling at God. And that is when we start losing our walk with God. And that is what, you know, our, is, is happening with many of us. Our faith is going low. Is because we are not serving God, even in times of suffering. Amen. This week I had a very long talk with one of my sister from Korea. And uh, she's a very good sister in the Lord. And she was sharing with me how God is using her right now. I'm so happy that she's into street ministry. And she's serving the Lord. She's feeding the poor. She's doing an amazing job for the Lord. Amen. But before that, her life was really a life of a lot of tribulations, a life of life, a lot of trials, persecution. And she never experienced the joy of this life. And she struggled a lot. But one thing she told me was, Sister, I'm happy that I went through all that suffering. Because I went through all that suffering, today God is using me for His ministry. Church, God will never use us unless we embrace suffering. God is preparing us. God is doing something out of our suffering. Our suffering will never go wasted. When we are suffering for the kingdom of God, the suffering will bring a blessing to our life. Remember that. Whatever you do for the kingdom of God is never, go, never going to be wasted. Amen. God is watching our suffering and God is going to do something good out of our suffering. Look at Jesus. God did something great out of his suffering. Amen. 
God blessed his life. God used his life to glorify, to glorify his children. Because of Christ, one act of obedience, of suffering, it brought salvation to the whole humanity. Amen. So God is calling us to embrace suffering and not to give up on, 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 on suffering. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 13, it says, Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Amen. It's telling us, Peter is telling us, be glad for this trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to the world. Amen. So Peter is telling the church to, to embrace suffering. Be glad. Actually, he's telling us to be glad, to be happy for the trials and the tribulations we go through. Because these trials and tribulations and the sufferings make us partners with Christ. Amen. We are partners in Christ when we suffer for Christ. When we suffer for the kingdom of God. In serving God. When we are suffering, we are becoming partners with Christ. Amen. And we have a wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the whole world. When Christ returns, God is going to give us those wonderful crowns. A great glory is awaiting us. Those who are willing to suffer for the kingdom of God. Amen. If you see in the book of Revelation, it says that the martyrs, the people who have died for Christ, have the greatest honor in the kingdom of God. Because they have crucified their life for the gospel. Amen. So this is what Sister Suki, my, my, my sister, was sharing this week. And she gave me the scriptures from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13. She was telling me, Sister, we have to rejoice when trials and tribulations come in our life. Because these are coming for a reason and for a purpose. Because they are strengthening our faith in God. And God is preparing us for a greater glory that lies ahead of us. Amen. And because of her sufferings and problems and persecution, and she never gave up in serving God. And because of that, God today use, is using her mightily in the street ministry. Amen. She's going to places preaching the gospel and many people are listening to the messages and being touched. Salvation has come to many, many lives because of the willingness of the sister to serve God, even in times of persecution. Amen. So suffering makes us partners in Christ church. So embrace suffering because something good comes out when we are suffering for God. Look at the grapes. Amen. The grapes are crushed to produce wine. And wine is so refreshing to our, to our spirit. So something beautiful is happening when grapes are crushed. And the same is with the olives. When it's crushed, it produces oil, which is good for anointing, which is good for cooking, and for so many other reasons. Why is it a, a, a blessing? Is because... They have gone through a crushing. And when your life is crushed in serving God, it's going to produce fragrance. It's going to produce something good for the people out there. Amen. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1, it says, So then, 
since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Amen. That is what Peter is telling us. To embrace suffering. And when you are physically suffering for the kingdom of God, is telling that you have finished with sin. When you are physically suffering for Christ's church, you are done with sin. Sin has no more control on your life. Temptations of sin has no control over your life because you are physically suffering to serve God. One of the good examples is fasting. When you are fasting, you are crucifying your flesh. You're crucifying uh, the hunger. The food for the flesh is crucified. Your flesh is being crucified while you're fasting. And because you're fasting and praying, God answers those prayers. There's a power is released because there's a suffering that is taking place. There's a crucifixion of flesh that is taking place during fasting. And it says that if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Amen. So you're finished with sin. All the temptations and the desires of the flesh are crucified. Why? Because you're crucifying. You're making your flesh to suffer for Christ. Amen. So embrace suffering, church. Because there's something beautiful coming out of our lives. A sweet-smelling aroma for Christ. Amen. Is going to glorify our life. Is going to use us and use us to glorify His kingdom. Amen. It says in Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 10. Let's go in there. Isaiah 48 and verse 10 says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Amen. I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. That's what Isaiah is saying. We are refined church when we go through suffering. If you have never experienced suffering, you can never experience God in your life. Amen. It's only in suffering you can experience the presence of God. You can experience the power of God mightily in our life. Amen. Very good example is Paul and Silas. They were the great apostles used by God to spread the gospel. And if you see in Acts chapter 16, and verse 25, it talks about the situation when they were in the prison for sharing the gospel. They were thrown in the prison. They were undergoing persecution. But they were willing to serve God. Instead of grumbling in the prison, Paul and Silas preferred to serve God by worship, worshipping Him, glorifying Him, even in the point of suffering. Amen. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. And verse 25. Okay, it says, So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were sing listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Amen. 
So what happened was because they were serving God even in the time of suffering in that prison, I'm sure many of us, if we are thrown in the prison, the first thing that we would do is grumble at God. God, why am I in this situation? I'm doing everything good for you. I'm serving you, Lord. I don't deserve to be in a prison. Amen. But look at Paul and Silas. Instead of grumbling at God, they were worshipping God. They were serving God even in the prison. And it says that while they were singing, that every prisoner was listening to them singing and glorifying their God. Amen. And suddenly what happened, verse 26, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. Amen. And all the doors immediately flew open and all the chains of every prisoner fell off. Every prisoner, it was not just Paul and Silas, but every prisoner around Paul and Silas, every one of them were set free. Why? Because Paul and Silas were willing to suffer in that prison by glorifying God, by serving God. Amen. And that is what happens, church, when we are suffering for Christ. Through us, God is going to bring salvation to the people around us. In our suffering, when we hold on to God, in our suffering, when we're serving God, people around us will be set free. Amen. That's what happened with Paul and Silas in the prison. It very clearly says, not only the chains of the prisoners of uh, Paul and Silas was set free, but the, every prisoner was set free. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. That's the reason we are called to embrace suffering because through us, people is going to set free those who are suffering along with us. Amen. It says in verse 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and that shook the foundation. The doors were open. So the chains fell off. The earthquake took place and the doors were opened. Amen. And then verse 27, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors were wide open. He assumed the prisoner had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, said, Stop, don't kill yourself. And that we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked them, Sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Amen. Look at the glory of God, the working of God. Because Paul and Silas were willing to go through suffering, it says a salvation came in the life of the jailer. The first thing he said, I want to serve your God who has delivered us. Amen. I want to serve your God. What should I do to receive salvation? And then Paul said, Receive Christ and you will be saved. Not only you, but your whole household will be saved. What happened here is a picture of a blessing during the times of suffering. A result that takes place when we are willing to suffer under persecution. Because of Paul and Silas suffering in persecution and willingness to serve God, salvation not only came to the, all the people in the prison, but also to the jailer. Not only him, the whole family received Christ. Amen. So something beautiful happens, church, when we are willing to serve God, even in times of suffering. Amen. And if you see Peter, he too was thrown in the prison, but he was 
not grumbling. In fact, he was glorifying God. And that is the reason because of Paul, Peter, Silas and all the apostles who went through suffering, gospel has reached around the world. It would have never reached around the world if they were not willing to suffer. They were willing to suffer even to the point of laying down their life for Christ. They were all martyred. All the twelve disciples were martyred for serving God. And because of their sacrifice and suffering, today the gospel has spread to the whole world. Amen. Gospel has reached the world. While you are suffering physically for God, this suffering will bring salvation to the people around us. Especially to those who are living in darkness and to the whole nation. Amen. A very good example is Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the three Hebrew men who were willing to go through suffering for, for serving God. They were not willing to serve a man. Amen. They were willing to serve God. And what happened? They were thrown in the dungeon of fire. But God saved their life. Amen. You'll find that in Daniel chapter 3. Okay, let's go to Daniel chapter 3. And verses 1 to 30. In fact, it's a whole chapter that I would like to read for you. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high of officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provisional officers to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the king of king statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then he heard, shouted out, People of all races and nations and language, listen to the king's command. When he heard the sound of the horn, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold, golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey him will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Amen. So this was a decree <coughs> that was sent out to, to bow down before the statue of this king. This was a decree <coughs> to worship the king. And verse 6 it says, Anyone who refuses to obey him will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Amen. So there was a there was a decree set out by King Nebuchadnezzar that everybody have to worship his statue. If they don't, they're going to be thrown out into the dungeon of fire. Amen. <clears throat> but if you see in the same chapter, verse 12, it says, But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the golden statue you have set up. So some of the people went and were complaining to the king about the three Hebrew uh, men that they are not willing to worship our gods and they want to worship their gods. So they were going and complaining to the king. <clears throat> so the king set an order to meet them and then in verse 13 it says that Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods 
or to worship the the golden statue I have set up. Verse 15, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? So the king met the three Hebrew men and he warned them that they have to worship him. If not, they're going to be thrown into the blazing furnace. Amen. But look at the reply of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that he will never serve your God or worship the golden statue you have set up. Amen. What a response. What a powerful response. A response full of faith in God, full of willingness to serve him even to the point of death. Amen. They were facing a death sentence actually, but look at their trust and faith that they were not willing to serve their earthly king, but they wanted to serve their heavenly king. Amen. They're saying, if you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve will save us. Amen. What a faith they have. What a trust they had in God. And what a love they had in God to serve him even to the point of death. He's saying that he will rescue us. But even if he doesn't, church, listen to the scripture very clearly, verse 18. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue you have set up. Even if God doesn't rescue us, you're willing to die. It doesn't matter. Amen. If he rescues us, that's good. And we know he will. Even if he doesn't, we are willing to suffer and die for him. But we will not still stop serving God. Amen. What a faith. Amen. And because of that, God saved their lives. Not only that, the whole nation received salvation. Amen. <clears throat> You'll find that in the same chapter, uh, verse 24. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego securely tied were thrown into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire, unharmed. <coughs> and the fourth looks like, a go like God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, advisors crowded them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of the smoke. Amen. So none of them were burned. They, they didn't die. And Nebuchadnezzar and all the governors were surprised. 
And it says in verse 28, And then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servant who trusted in him. They defined the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever the race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will be thrown limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Amen. What an honor. What an honor they received. Amen. They are willing to suffer. They were willing to crucify their life. And because of that, King Nebuchadnezzar brought salvation to the whole nation. Not only the king was saved, but the whole land received God. Why? Because of the willingness of these three Hebrew men to undergo suffering and persecution and to stand firm to serve God. Amen. What a blessing, church. When we are suffering for God, don't think that God is not watching. Our suffering will never go wasted. Jesus suffered for us and it never went wasted. Whatever we do for the kingdom of God is never going to go wasted, church. Amen. So they were willing to suffer for Christ. They were willing to suffer and serve God even to the point of death. And that brought salvation to the whole land under King Nebuchadnezzar. The same thing happened with Daniel. He was also thrown in the lion's uh, den. Amen. Because he was willing to he was not willing to serve any other God except the God of Israel. And because of that, he was thrown in the lion's den. And God sent his angel and shut the mouth of all the lions. And Daniel came out without a scratch. And because Daniel was willing to undergo suffering and persecution in serving God, salvation came to the whole land. Amen. That is what God is looking in us, church. He's looking at our faithfulness. He's looking at us. If you're willing to suffer and undergo trials and tribulations even to the point of death. Amen. Because we are looking for the glory in our kingdom that is in heaven, not for the glory here on earth. We are looking for the glory up in heaven. Amen. So because of their suffering, salvation came to the nations. Always remember that your suffering will bring salvation to your family. It will bring salvation to your community. Your suffering while serving God will never go wasted. As a shared example of Jesus, it says in Romans 5.18, Christ, one act of obedience, brought salvation and a right relationship with God. Because Jesus was willing to suffer, it brought salvation and right relationship with God. Amen. Daniel was one of the examples. Joseph is the other example. You'll find that in Genesis chapter 39 <clears throat> and verses from 19. To 21. Daniel chapter, Genesis chapter 39 verses 19 to 21. It says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. 
Amen. Look at Joseph. He never committed any crime. It was Potiphar's wife who, was, who wanted him to commit adultery. But he feared God and ran for his life. And because he feared God, because he was willing to serve God, he was thrown in the prison. Amen. If you see in the Bible, nowhere it says that Joseph was grumbling in the prison. Instead of grumbling, he was serving God. Even in the prison, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a suffering that he was going through in the prison. And God blessed him even in the prison. Amen. In verse 21 it says that the Lord was with Joseph even in the prison. So remember, when you're suffering, God is with us. When you're suffering for the right reason, not for the wrong reason. Amen. If you're suffering for God, for the kingdom of God, God is with you. And God is going to bless your life. God is going to honor your life. And that is what happened with Joseph. Amen. God honored his life. He came out of the prison. And God put him in the position as a king, uh, as, as, uh, uh, as a ruler, next to the Pharaoh. He, was, he had the second highest position in the land of Egypt. Why did this happen? Because Joseph was willing to go through suffering and still serve God. Amen. And that's a blessing, church. That's a blessing because of Joseph suffering and serving God even in times of suffering. God used him to bless the nation of Egypt. Amen. That is what God is going to do with us. If you are willing to suffer for God, even in times of sufferings, He's going to bless our life. And not only bless our life, but through us, He's going to bless the people around us. Amen. The other example is Job. If you remember the story of Job. Job lost everything. He lost his finances, he lost his family, he lost his children, he lost his livestock, he lost everything including his health. He was almost like a guy on the, like a homeless guy on the street with all the boils all over his body. And the worst part was his wife, his darling wife came and said, curse God and die. But he said, naked I come, naked I go. I will still glorify my God. Amen. Even in his suffering, Job never stopped glorifying God. He never stopped serving God. And because of that, God blessed him in double portion. What all he lost, God gave it back to him in double fold. Amen. If you go to James chapter 5 and verse 11, it says, We give great honor to those who endure under suffering, for instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Amen. Amen. So it was Job's great endurance that the Lord was kind to him. It was because of his endurance, because of his patiently trusting in God, serving God, even to the point of suffering, God blessed his life. God gave back what all he lost in double fold. He got back everything that he lost. Amen. That is what God is calling us to serve in church. I don't know who it is this for. Probably someone on the conference or probably someone on the podcast. I encourage you to keep serving God. I know you're going through suffering is what God is telling. But don't stop serving me. Because there's a great blessing that is going to release in our life when we keep on walking with God even in the times of suffering and tribulation. 
Amen. Because that is when our faith gets stronger and stronger in God. And that is when our life produces fruits which will bring salvation to the people around us. Amen. So we have to be willing to suffer, embrace suffering because God blesses our life. The enemy sends trials and disappointments and sufferings because he wants to take us off track in our walk with God. Sometimes the trials and temptations comes from the enemy. Amen. Sometimes it not, it's not always from the enemy. Sometimes God sends those trials and troubles because he's testing us just like he did with the Israelites on the way to the promised land. Sometimes God sends those tests and trials to test our faith, to test our walk with him. Amen. So we have to be careful that we don't give up on God and we don't give up serving God in those trials and testings. So the enemy, most of the time, the enemy sends those trials, disappointments and sufferings because he wants us to take us off track in our walk with God. Because the enemy knows that he will lose control on our life if we continue walking with God. Amen. If you are continuously serving God, he knows that his time is limited. Amen. That's the reason he sends troubles and suffering just to make sure that we fall off track in walking with God and serving him. And that is the time you have to be extremely careful, church. It says in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, it's telling us, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. So He's telling us to allow your suffering. Embrace your suffering. Verse 4, 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. <clears throat> so when your endurance grows, you're fully developed, perfect, needing nothing. And that's what happened with my sister this week. She said those trials and the testings and the sufferings I went through all these years. Sister Shiva has strengthened my faith, has made me stronger in the Lord. And today that has prepared me for my street ministry. Amen. Because I went through the sufferings, I'm able to understand the suffering that other person is going through. If I had never suffered, I would never understand the other person going through his suffering. Amen. Sometimes God allows us to go through that so that we can be an example to someone else who's suffering and be able to uplift them the way God uplifted us. Amen. So embrace suffering because it, it strengthens your faith and your endurance has a chance to grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, <clears throat> you'll be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Amen. So we have to reach that maturity. And the maturity, spiritual maturity grows when we are strongly serving God in times of suffering. Amen. <clears throat> so it's calling us to embrace suffering because it strengthens our faith. It is only during suffering that the grace of God abounds much. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Jesus is saying, My grace is all you need, 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. This is what Paul is telling. Uh, I'm sorry, Jesus is telling Paul when he's going through suffering and persecution for preaching the gospel in these places. And Jesus is telling Paul, don't worry, Paul. My grace is all you need for my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's in weakness that you will experience the strength and the power of God. So embrace suffering, church. Amen. Galatians chapter 5 verse 20. Suffering is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you have to embrace suffering. It's one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Many Christians don't want to suffer. <clears throat> they don't want to undergo suffering. But you have to understand that it is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, God blesses those who wait, who patiently endure testing and temptations and they will receive the promise of God. Amen. I'll read that again. James chapter 1 verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. So if you're going through suffering, God is promising us that we're going to receive a crown of life that God has promised to each one of us. God has a crown for each one of us, church. But to receive that crown, we have to go through suffering. We have to embrace suffering just like Jesus did. Amen. So I'm going to close with this last scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. Think of all the hostility Christ endured from the sinful people and he will not be disappointed. Christ endured a lot of pain and humiliation and rejection and still he didn't stop serving God. That never stopped him from serving God. Amen. So God has left an example through his son. Amen. To embrace suffering and keep serving God no matter what. Because God has a great plan for our life and God is going to bless our life. Amen. So that's the message. Hope it blesses all those who are on the conference and those who are, would be listening on the podcast. Let this be a blessing for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.